It's the Muppet Show with our special guest, Andy Williams. episode of It's Time to Watch the Muppets, where Meg runs the show. <laughs> Don't worry, folks. Hi, Meg. It won't be forever. Ooh, do you ready to get things started? Yeah, why don't we get things started? Why don't you get started? <laughs> In this week's episode, we watched episode 422 with Andy Williams. The Andy Williams episode. Miss Piggy asks Andy to sing Love Story for her and Kermit, who have just become engaged. Unfortunately, Kermit hasn't heard about the engagement yet. The rumor slips out, and soon everybody thinks Kermit and Piggy are getting married. Didn't they get married already? They got married a long time ago. They did, right? Wasn't there a wedding episode... Who was the guest on the wedding episode? I think you're thinking it wasn't Barbie, but it was her friend Midge who got married. No, no, Miss Piggy and Kermit got married in an episode. Because I remember sending you a picture because I have the, like, Lego wedding cake topper from, like, when my wife and I got married. I have the little Lego husband and wife figures. And I put Miss Piggy's head on the bride and I put Kermit's head on on the groom because we watched an episode where they got married. Recently, we, you and I, watched an episode? Like a year ago? (laughs) If they got married, I don't remember. I thought they got married already. Well, they were married. They didn't get tricked into marrying... Kermit didn't get tricked into marrying her in an episode? Well, that would have been like the Gypsy episode, and I don't think that happened in the Gypsy episode. I know that there's one where she got married. Okay, keep going. Okay, meanwhile, the backstage cast puts up with a group of cheese hanging around backstage and trying to avoid the rats... Um, these two things have nothing to do with each other, and I can just spoil the episode by saying it never really comes together. Like, this episode makes no sense, and it's very disjointed. Yeah, it kind of jumps all over the place. The only thing that I really liked with, like, the cheese stuff was when they showed Rizzo in the back, and Kermit addresses Rizzo as such. Rizzo? Yeah. I know. I have that as a note. I watched, um, okay, we're already jumping away, but I watched The View this morning, and they had him up and on The View. Why? The new... Are you what? doing laundry? What I Megan? Are you you stand the view? I stand the view. Uh, <laughs> Gabrielle was on the Muppet. Was on the View today. Hi Gabrielle. Hi Tamir. Okay. Today, Megan and her Sesame Street Muppet pal Gabrielle continue to inspire all children to follow their own dreams and paths and be. Oh yeah, a, I know a, of Gabrielle. Uh, a newer Muppet. She was interviewed by like the ladies on the View today. And it was cool because they just treated her. She was sitting at the desk with them, and they were all like, oh, Gabrielle, blah, 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 what do you do? And she said, I like to sing and do whatever. And, yeah, they treated her like a real, ge- like you know, that. like a real guest. She I was a I Muppet on, uh, you know, a Sesame Street Muppet on The, the View. View, but they just treated her like. Was Whoopi there? Yes. Yeah, Whoopi was there, and uh, none of the other, like, old staples that you were familiar with. They Me, around. as a View head, I, I'm very. Are you a View head? Megan, I, I take a little time to enjoy The View. Wow. I do. Joy Behar. Uh, I, I, I enjoy getting some news you. from them. Hey, I, you know? I feel you. To each their own. Yeah. You like mid-morning television? That's yeah. terrific for by, you. By uh, five strong individual women telling uh-huh. me the news. But not the weather, <laughs> Not <right>? the weather. 
Cold. They can't be trusted to do that. No, they women can't be trusted <laughs> to do that. Absolutely not. Cold open. Andy Williams? Andy Williams? 15 seconds to curtain, Andy. Terrific, Scooter. I'm all set. Oh, by the way, Andy, thanks for sharing the dressing room with the Limburger. Oh, that's all right. I was warned this was a cheesy show. Uh, <laughs> I a bunch of different cheeses. I know there was one with the Rockford Files, Oh, yeah, and exactly. I was like, I don't even know what kind of cheese that is, but I'm like, like blue. I know what the Rockford Files is, so I get that it's a joke on that, but I'm like, I don't know what kind of cheese they're talking about. Do you like cheese? I like cheese. I like... <laughs> what was with that inflection? Yeah, I like soft cheese, I think. So do you like a gorgonzola or anything like that? Do you know I the like... difference between blue cheese and gorgonzola? I don't like blue cheese. Yeah. Okay, so you wouldn't like gorgonzola. I don't like really stinky cheese. Yeah, you would not I like brie. I like camembert. I like... Camembert is so good. Uh, like if you go into like hard cheeses, I like cheddar because I'm a, you know, basic person, I guess. <laughs> cheddar Colby. cheese is great. Especially What's when that it has one? those crystals in it. You don't ever get like an old cured cheese with those like beautiful salty crystal no, nuggets. No, this sounds really good. Oh, God, they're so good. Yeah, I like a cheese plate. And like a good aged cheddar. Mm-hmm. I love a cheese I plate. I love crackers, so it's like a vehicle to just deliver cheese. Sounds great. I could just, I could eat shit like this all day. Yeah, well, the Just other... like crackers and nonsense. When I work from home, I eat Triscuits and like cheese for Just lunch. like, that's, yeah, and that's a meal. Yeah. That's I fine. shouldn't do that. No. But I do, sometimes I put some olives on my plate or... Mm-hmm. You know, I like spruce it up a bit, but mostly I'm just eating tons of cheese. I yeah, I like. I guess I like cheese. Oh my god, my job! I don't like cheese raw. Does that make sense? Like just a piece of cheese? It would need to be on a cracker or with something. Okay. <laughs> raw. Okay. So raw cheese, but you don't need it to be cooked. No, you that's just fine. Don't want it I mean, just like unaccompanied. I will not go into the fridge, open the cheese drawer, take a slab of cheddar, and eat it like that. I won't do that. When you were a kid, did you ever eat the cheese? Out of the uh, oh American the cheese wrap and yeah. bite a hole in the middle or like make uh, an ugly face. I can't even think about eating American cheese anymore because it's so like it's almost waxy in like a weird like I don't know. There's a film to it. You take it out of a piece of film. It's disgusting. That's and like why does the cheese need to be wrapped in single use? I don't I mean, understand that either. Paper. And yeah, any other cheese is using a piece of wax paper, if anything, to like separate it, right? But yeah, okay, so in summation, yeah, I like cheese. Oh my god. Okay, so um, this episode, Gonzo blows his horn, and instead of blowing his horn, a pack of howling dogs bombard him. I feel like this is the first kind of unique-ish one we've had in a little But I also cute and different. felt like I wish Gonzo started acting like a dog, too, because he's like an actor. Yeah, and he, yeah, he'll adapt. Or, like, where was Ralph, too? Like, Ralph's a dog, but not a dog. Ralph is a dog that, yeah, we don't acknowledge as a yeah. dog. It's weird. He's, like, be- he, like, is begrudgingly a dog. He's like, I don't know. I'm going yeah. to the dogs or whatever. Oh, yeah. Know, you know. Um, but even, like, Brian from Family Guy acts like a dog sometimes. When there's a whoa, 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 he'll join in. I never market. thought to compare the two, but they are very similar. I can see <laughs> Ralph smoking cigars or whatever. Uh-huh. Does Brian smoke? I feel like Brian Probably, like something. if he was playing poker. Yeah. Yeah, he'd probably be smoking Brian a cigar. Brian had sex with it's a really, really dumb, dumb girl. girl. <laughs> Isn't it? In a... his car, and it's Drew Barrymore. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, speaking of daytime talk show hosts. Why do we quote Family Guy like we're 14 Well, on because it's ingrained in our minds, because yeah. we couldn't help ourselves. It's in our DNA. Unfortunately, I know you said that you watched the newest um, South Park. 
Yeah. Speaking of cartoons, but I did not watch it. But tell me, tell me, tell okay, me. Okay, so on this week's South Park, I saw a like a I watch um, I use the Sling app to watch TV a lot. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of commercials for like Comedy Central things and like IFC and like their same fucking channels. It feels like it's constantly being advertised. So they were advertising that. Um, oh, this week on South Park, the boys discover Chat GPT to text <laughs> their girlfriends back. So they show Bebe. Remember Bebe, the one who she's From like Bebe's the little blonde kids? girl with oh, like the yeah. you know she's one of Wendy's friends. So Bebe is dating Clive, and <laughs> Bebe texts Clive things like, "I really want to get a haircut, but I don't know what. I don't think it'll look good." So then Clive takes those texts and puts them into Chat GPT and says, "Give me a response." And the responses are he like copies and pastes and texts it back to her. And it's like, you'd look cool with any kind of haircut. I support you making changes in your life that would, you know, make you feel empowered. Yeah. And then uh, Bebe gets the text and she's like, oh, my God, he's like the dreamiest. He knows just all the right things to say. So Wendy says like, oh, I really want Stan to start texting me like that. All he does is like my texts. Like, you know how like when you go a into Apple, up. he does. Yeah. yeah, he just does a thumbs up. So then. I guess they have a, a talk, and Stan comes up to, to Clyde, and he's like, hey, I need you to tell me how you're texting Bebe, because Wendy wants me to start texting her like that. So then he unveils this whole chat GPT thing, and then they cut to like a few minutes later in the episode, and Stan must have thought to start writing papers for it with it at school. So Mr. Garrison is like, oh, okay, class, you know, everybody has done this like horribly on this most recent paper that I asked you guys to write. Except for, and he starts handing out, like, good grades to Butters, to Clive, to Stan, and to Cartman. And Cartman brings them all in the bathroom together, and he goes, listen, who told Stan about ChatGPT? We're going to get screwed if more people find out about this. It's, I don't know, it's so funny, and it's so dumb. So then Mr. Garrison, they show him later on at home with his husband, and he's like, I, the kids keep writing these shitty papers, and I can't, have, I can't grade them anymore. I'm so bored by this. So then his husband's like, well, why don't you just use ChatGPT to write to have it read them and then grade them. Yeah. So then he starts grading the papers with the AI. That's such a good idea. Yeah. I like it. The episode was really funny. And then, like, it takes a turn where, like, you feel like it's usually that time where Stan and Kyle, like, learn the lesson and then, like, you know how they, like, then tell the lesson to the audience and to everyone else in South Park. But instead, it's this stilted AI, like, it's truly as if Trey was, like, end this episode for me as the you know wrote the episode end the episode and it ends with this like nonsense language that none of the characters would really say you know like it doesn't sound just right and then at the very end the final moment is you know written by trey parker and chat gpt (laughs) (laughs) it was such a good episode it was really funny i'm gonna check it out when i it just it so we saw the commercial advertising it and you had just talked liz to use ai to do x y and z thing we'll say and use anonymity here but she went, fuck, yeah. the second she saw that the kids are using it to cheat in school. Well, I mean, you can, I, what I recommend is if you are going to use it, use it to help you, but don't copy everything from no. yeah. Like, use it as a tool to help you if, like, sometimes you get stuck on certain sentences or, like, how do I start this Fleshing paragraph? things out. People are worried that they're going to use these kind of AI programs to, like, basically write a movie, which is not going to happen. You know, like... Straight to DVD movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, okay, make me my own version of Finding Nemo. Like, Honestly, you know, it, <laughs> yeah, no, I could see that happening. I but. can definitely see a writer. You can't say that's never going to happen because 
somebody's gonna write a script somewhere and someone's gonna be like oh this is pretty good it's uh-huh. just like the retelling of et yeah like new characters <laughs> or something like that uh with m&ms instead yeah. of reese's pieces <laughs> like this is just et <laughs> but yeah i don't know it's it, it uh... well isn't avatar the same as another movie like it wasn't avatar fern gully yeah basically yeah, like basically yeah. with more steps yeah the unobtainium that's the the element that they're trying to track down in that unobtainium i got a chance to really watch much tv i have been playing here and there when i have moments of breaks to um play um the last of us part two yeah which i've heard is a little rough it's a little rough yeah but it's okay i'm, I'm gonna start to playing it. the first one there's not a lot of monsters in the second one no not a lot of monsters at all. However, I think I told you that I had to put my difficulty level on, like, basic bitch easy. Yeah, you were telling me about yeah. that. So who knows? Maybe that in, the like, game is like, do you want to switch to easy? And you're like, fine. I'll if switch you, to easy. I know. So if you play it and you play it on, like, regular or hard, I'm mm-hmm. sure there's going to be monsters in there for you. But, yeah. It's different. It's like you play as Ellie mm-hmm. in Last of Us 2. You don't yeah. play as Joel. And you, you get attached to these characters, like... Even when I was playing Uncharted 4 and it switches characters, at first I had to get used to the character switch. Oh, I couldn't even play the expansion Uncharted with the two women are the leads. I forgot that. Yeah. I'm like, I don't like this. Like, the storyline isn't there for yeah. me at all. Like, mm-hmm. it's more than You're invested the... in the characters. You're not in just the gameplay yeah, type. Yeah, and of course, as um, my stepson calls it, boom, boom, bad boys. So, like, I love to shoot the boom, boom, bad boys. Uh-huh. However, like, I like the story. <laughs> and I just like Drake's story. Uh-huh. Anyway. Yeah, no, it's 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 uh, familiar, too. It's it's Indiana Jones. It's all of these other things that you've liked before, you know? Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's even, like, to a degree, it's parts national treasure there where it's fun of, like, unfolding this mystery and stuff yeah. you know and i feel like i would have done an expansion game where i um like the it, uncharted 4 ends with um drake and what am i calling him by his right name am i nate nate, nate drake nate, nathan yeah. drake yeah nate and his wife um like claire claire i think her name Something is like that, yeah. right? claire. <laughs> you know they end with this like treasure hunting business that they have basically that's cool and i'm like i would play like somebody hires you to like look yeah. for this treasure. You have yeah, my grandmother lost these earrings in whatever horrible t- accident. All I can think of, of is the Titanic woman throwing I- the necklace. <laughs> the Titanic woman threw the necklace. Can you find it? What if it's like my um my uh my my great grandmother she gave her white diamonds to this man in a in a in a in a card game and he lost them and I oh need you to get God. them back. No. Okay, so for uh, for the opening number, Fozzie sings Green Door as he wonders what's going inside on inside the building. So he's like on the bad part of Sesame Street or something yeah, right now. Yeah, definitely a couple blocks away from the street. Yeah, or like maybe he's over the bridge because we did see Rizzo in the sketch briefly and maybe he's Famous New Jersey. Famous New Jersey in Rizzo. Yeah, he could be in New Jersey, but like... What the heck is Green Door? I don't know. But did you like those Muppets? I did. The door? They were really cool. Yeah, so they were like funky. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I couldn't. It was like a song, not a song. I don't know. Didn't love it. I didn't like. I didn't love this whole episode. Fozzie's not a singer. I don't want to see him singing. It's so funny because Piggy's a singer, but Fozzie yeah. is not a singer. No, I want to see Fozzie doing bits. Fozzie hasn't done a bit. 
And no. like, what happened to the cop? Fozzie as a cop is so funny. Yeah, you created a thing for him, Bear on Patrol, and like, it usually worked. I think there was, we've seen maybe, what, five or six Bear on Patrols, and each time we've been kind of delighted by them. I know, and I, I I like it when Fozzie is paired with another gym character. Yes. Like, it's Link, yeah. or even I'm wondering, it's... now, honestly, that we talk about it, do I enjoy Link more in Bear on Patrol, and Link's, like, stupidity and everything? Yeah, I kind of do, too. I think yeah, it might I be Link that. that I like I just think of more. that octopus episode. That was really good. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, Miss Piggy requests for Andy to sing theme from Love Story in place of his signature Moon River. She informs him that she and Kermit are engaged. That song, when he sings that, you, I've never heard that song before. I know Moon River, and all, you know what I know of Moon River? It's just Moon River. Like, that's it. I know. Ayo, River. What is that? That's from Portland. Yeah. Oh. It's so stupid. I'm like, why is that familiar to me? Ayo, River! What did we decide? Ayo, River! Like, I don't know this love... I, so, okay, Paul Williams, I'm familiar with the name. I know when I was a kid, my dad had a Paul Williams Christmas album that he would listen to a lot. And it was like, Paul. this isn't Paul Williams, Andy Williams we're talking about, right? Andy Williams Christmas album. And it was like a Christmas wreath with his head through the hole... With the Santa hat on. That's kind and of And it was yeah. white otherwise. And I remember my dad listening to that a lot. And it was, I'm sure, the same fucking six to eight Christmas songs that every album has. You know, up on the house top. You know, like, and it's beginning to look a lot. It's probably all those same songs. Those, like, real croonery. No different from Sinatra, from Dean Martin, from, you know. I like a Bing Crosby Christmas album. Yeah. I think Bing oh my God. a great job yeah. there. Yeah. I love Bing. Bing is, Christmas is his, that's his territory. I don't uh, know why even Andy Williams had a Christmas album now that I think yeah, about it. Tons of people make But everybody had them. Albums. Yeah. Christmas albums are huge money makers. To this day. Think about Kelly Mariah Clarkson Carey. put one out this year. Mariah Carey's Christmas album is, Yeah. That's bigger than her regular album. Wham probably still and you know tons what? of money on their Christmas song. Can you do me one favor and name one other fucking song off of Mariah Carey's Christmas album? Oh, no. Right? It's just All I Want for Christmas is You. Yeah. 12 times, back to back, right? Maybe like a remix, a karaoke version. Bob. So, okay, I really want to quickly talk about this. Did you see today that Sesame Street announced that they're releasing Cookie Monster NFTs? I'm sorry, I've been in hiding. I didn't hear that, unfortunately. What is going on? Why don't... You know, Jim in his book said a hundred million times, don't don't sell your shit, right? Oh, remember how, oh my God. All he was worried about was losing the rights to the Muppets. And now it's like the Henson Company made Fraggle NFTs a few year, a few months ago. The, the Henson Company. So you'd think the one with the most integrity, you know. What are we doing? Do they have the most integrity though? Like I would think they they'd have more, in, more you know care and investment. Yes. Well, maybe they think that this is an investment in the Muppets' future. I maybe, but, but like why don't in, they sell right stamps? now? Maybe they used to sell because I have I have Cookie Monster stamps, but yeah. I guess people aren't sound, sending mail. They were anymore. hanging on the walls know, in here. It feels like a crazy world. I'll cut all this. <laughs> Piggy carries the request to Kermit, who turns it down. Piggy gets her way by threatening Beauregard and Beaker with violence. Would you rather be fired or dismembered? <laughs> hmm, dismembered sounds like fun. <laughs> we'll take fired. When did Beaker become a stagehand? 
I, I like thought I that while watching Baker this. As a I don't mind it either, but they have been using him as like Beauregard's assistant lately, it seems. And then I, I thought this, and I'm thankful that there is a Muppet Labs in a few minutes. But yeah, I'm like, when the fuck did he just become a stagehand? I don't know, but maybe it has to do with the fact that like Honeydew put him up to it because yeah. I feel like Honeydew's behind it, and he needs like cleaning chemicals or something like that. For oh, so he can skim some. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. Skim some paint thinner off the top while he's exactly. building these sets. Got exactly. it. Got it. That's that makes my sense. Guess. Yeah. That is totally my Be a real guess. shame if one of those curtains disappeared. And then Beaky, Be- Beaky, excuse me, how Beaky. how casual. He's like, me, 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 me. And Burger goes, oh, never mind. <laughs> like, Okay, so Andy sings, where do I begin? Theme from Love Story while Miss Piggy chases Kermit. The set was very boring to me. It was so like, it wasn't even as good as like, some of those like love talk shows. No, yeah. Oh my god, like the love connection. Like love connection or first date. Yeah, I'm not singled out. Uh huh. Those shows were like you know two people who like just met each other sitting on a couch and they have to like pretend that they have all the chemistry in the world. So like Chuck Woolery will give him like five thousand yeah. bucks to go like on the Venice boardwalk together or some the shit. The match game. Yeah. And things like that. Um, what? Who was the co-host of Singled Out? And Who's now, the, the god of love, Chris Hardwick. I'm not a god. I'm just a man. Welcome uh, to Singled Out. Thank you very much, Tammy. It's Hardwick. Chris Hardwick. That's who it was. I was like, I know it was Jenny McCarthy, yeah. but I forgot who the guy was. So um, when the pandemic first started, the app Quibi yeah. launched in the same time, and they ended up failing, basically, because... Not to be confused with Quip, the toothbrush. Not to be confused with Quip, because the toothbrush. Because I certainly would always confuse those for whatever they reason. so quibi launched and it was supposed to be like short little videos you'd watch on your phone like tv shows and each of them would be a maximum of like seven minutes long and they launched it with a reboot of singled out which should have been a fucking banger joel kim booster was playing like the the bimbo like the jenny mccarthy character yeah. and kiki palmer was the host the chris hardwick character so good and it's like that's such a great match the two of them you know but because it was quibi and quibi just like shuddered a couple weeks after it launched that's basically it failed funny. but yeah i'm like could you imagine how much funnier that would have been if it still was like running or on mtv instead it's a bummer that so many i watched this show on quibi i don't remember what it was called where Titus Burgess from like Kimmy Schmidt and stuff, he hosted this cooking show where people stood in a room and they took a meal and they shot it at them in a cannon what? and they had to wear goggles and they, so they couldn't like see what was being shot at them. And they had to literally take the food off the floor and the walls and stuff and taste it to try to guess what they had <laughs> to, to cook. disgusting and hilarious. It was so good. Quibi oh. was a weird time. Yeah, Quibi sounds like a weird time. Okay. I have two things. I did look up Miss Piggy and Kermit married in the, or were attempted to marry in the John Cleese episode in season two. Season two, episode 23. John Cleese. That was. That episode a was terrible. Decade ago. But remember that episode, we hated it. The only thing that we liked was, um, I think John Cleese stretches Gonzo oh, yeah. on like a board, and all that we could talk about was that basically. His arms. Yeah. I still think about those yeah, Gonzo was... arms. I can't even remember <laughs> John Cleese though no. on that episode. But, um, yeah, oh, I don't know. I... Dumb little jokes. <laughs> hey, Kermit, me and the band gonna play at the wedding. <laughs> what wedding? Well, I just heard the news that you and Miss Fatback was gonna tie the knot and raise chitlins. <laughs> Miss well, Fatback. Fatback. 
I just think it's like they make fun of how fat she is all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just like. And fat back, is that like a portion of like pork that you would eat the oh, fat yeah. back? Oh, is that okay, like a maybe. bacon runoff thing or something like that? Bacon runoff. Do you, not, do you sound know. like Homer Simpson? <laughs> <laughs> yesterday, oh. yesterday we went to my grandparent-in-law's house. And um, my grandparent in law, grandparents in law, and uh, it was Liz's grandfather Norm's 93rd birthday. So we like brought food, we were gonna go out to eat, and then one thing led to another. We ended up going to Costco and buying a couple things and bringing it all there with salads and yeah. lasagna and that kind of stuff. So I don't eat meat, I haven't eaten meat in like six years. You don't eat no meat, and we bought them a rotisserie chicken because we're like. People love Costco's rotisserie chicken. Yeah, it's like costs no money. And then we're like, that's good. So then they can say that there was protein with the lasagna, with the salad, with whatever, right? And then they can make a chicken salad tomorrow. Exactly. So we're standing there and my wife is like, what are we supposed to do with this? And I'm like, I don't know. You have to take all the meat off of it. And then she's like, I don't know how to do that. I'm like, I never, like, I always struggled with like, even when I ate meat, with the meat looking like an animal, you know, like I'm not going to take the meat off of this rotisserie chicken. That's yeah. disgusting. And it's like goopy and like greasy. I'm like, and, like this sucks. Fat on it. Yes, yeah. exactly. There's like that. Ugh. So she lifts it up after she's taken all the meat off of it. And there's just this like wet back. Like, <laughs> and it's like porous. Look, it's skin. It's, oh, it's it was like so disgusting. And dark, right? So she's like, are they, are, are they supposed to eat this? Or should I just throw it away? I'm like, it looks like there's enough meat. Just throw that away. Yeah. We're like, eh. But take the trash out. Don't yes. Forget. Oh, my God. Oh, my Gross. God. I, for a short period of time, lived with somebody during a transition period in my life. And um, they would get rotisserie chickens often. Fine. Mm-hmm. But then they would, like, throw the carcass in the garbage can and mm-hmm. not take the garbage out. So I'd wake up in the morning and I'd be like, what the fuck is that foul, <gasps> rotten smell? Oh my god! Absolutely unacceptable. No, unacceptable. that's so gross. That reminds me, Megan, of the movie Girl Interrupted. Oh, ew! <laughs> Is it Brittany Murphy's character eats? She picks. She picks at it, eating it, and she keeps the carcass under her bed. Oh yeah, because she doesn't want to like. Ugh. Ew, and it smells. It's just, that's just. Disgusting. We lost Brittany Murphy too early. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Rest in power. Wait, I'm thinking John. Cleese. Just start over. <laughs> Muffin. Newsflash. The newsman gives a report on cheese. Okay. Some cheese wheels or rolls maybe was a joke. This he makes, funny. yeah, he's like, oh, these these cheese have, something he says, like, these cheese have feet, but also some of them are, are rolls. And then he gets, like, bowled over by, like, a wheel of cheese or something. Or there's some of them are wheels. I don't know. Whatever. It was fine. Cute enough. It was fine. You knew where it was going the second it started. And he's like, the cheese. And you're like, okay, he's going to get hit by a, a a, a roll wheel of, of cheese. cheese. Yeah. yeah, a wheel is the, the a roll. Term. A roll, a wheel. Veterinarian's hospital. A rabbit is the patient, resulting in several rabbit jokes. Several rabbit jokes. Yep, it wasn't. Is great. that all it says there? Yeah, I remember the rabbit jokes. Okay. So Janice is like, Doctor Bob, what's this rabbit's name? And he goes, Well, he hasn't said what's up, Doc, to me yet, so he's not you know who. Well, who's the first patient, Nurse Janice? Here he is, Doctor Bob. Oh, Doctor Bob, what a cute little bunny! I wonder what his name is. Well, he hasn't said eh. what's up, Doc, so it isn't you know who. <laughs> who, Doctor? It's not who, Doctor. It's Doctor Who. That's another show. <laughs> oh, oh, is he related to Doctor?
And then he's like, the rabbit's like, you got to help me. I'm late. I'm late. And he goes, oh, are you a white rabbit? He's like, no, I'm the wrong rabbit. And then they just keep doing this, like, I don't know. It devolved from there. But I really like the the, oh the alluding to, to Bugs Bunny. I do like that, too. What's up, folks? Um, and I also have in my notes that, oh, it's a vet's hospital with a bunny in time for Easter. I don't know when this episode's coming out, but. I don't know. You know, well, it, it'll be out before Easter for us. But it's so funny when things like when things happen like that, you know. Yeah, this episode's gonna come out on the twenty fourth of April or this month of March. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, really? (laughs) Wow. I always think we're further ahead than we are. Yeah. Okay. So then we go to the UK spot, and it's Kermit with Sam the Eagle, and they talk backstage, and they talk about Sam's. Private life. Oh, yes, I have a family. I'm married. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. You have a home? Yes, well, uh, my wife and I are separated. Oh? She uh, flew the coop. <laughs> Do you have any, uh, have we any kids? We were very close, though. We were very close. Oh, yeah? Mm. Well, what, what's your name? Uh, I forgot. <laughs> oh, uh, but uh, do you have any kids? Yes, I have two wonderful kids. Oh. Mm-hmm. Never write to me. Uh, uh, They're in college now. I loved this. I've really liked a look at Sam the Eagle's private life. And I love the idea that Sam is like, in my head, he's this like conservative, like pain in the ass dad character. And like, he's, he, he is, he's got two kids in college. His wife divorced him. His kids are going to school for things that he will not talk about, which to me are like liberal arts degrees or feminist studies or like, you know what I mean? He's like, I don't want to talk about it. Do not ask me my what my children are doing in college. It's funny. I have here as a note, um, I felt bad that he was separated, but also Kermit kept asking him, oh, the boy is in college, the boy is in college. And I was like, who are you, my parents? Only the boys go to college? <laughs> like, seriously? Did you see that there was a picture of Superman in the background? I wonder if that was no. recorded during the Christopher Reeves episode. Oh, weird. Yeah, yeah, like I we've we've hypothesized that some bits just get like they like keep them. Ooh, we've hypothesized that there's like that they record some bits and then just like sprinkle them wherever yeah. it you know they need to fill time. So yeah. I'd be curious if that was when that was recorded. Yeah, but um, the boy. Uh, wait, so the boy was studying like something he didn't care for, but the girl is dating an owl. Yeah, which I thought was well. She's like I assumed. I thought he was saying that they were both in college, so I'm going to assume she's getting her MRS degree, right? MRS. <laughs> You've never heard that? No. Oh, it's like a horrible joke that like she's looking for a. She's at college. She's getting her MRS degree. She's looking for like a husband. To be a Mrs. I see. Oh, yeah, MRS. Yeah. Mrs. I'm so stupid. Yeah, it's a sexist joke. I'm it, sorry, man. No, no, no. I'm glad you explained it to me <laughs> because I'm like, oh, my parents thought girls shouldn't even go to college. <laughs> well, she's at the college. She's just yeah. looking for a husband. Yeah, looking for the right kind of husband mm-hmm. is what it is. So next we have Andy um, and the Andy Williams Muppets caricatures from a barbershop quartet sing Jubilee theme. Jubilee time. Now, these Muppets were shocking to me. These are not Muppets. These are puppets. These, they were shocking. Um, So two things. I am now going to add this to my repertoire and we'll be singing this song at my dog Jubilee from now on. (laughs) 
Uh, and two, uh, so if your surname is Williams, they'll just make three Muppets of you. Is that the rules? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Paul Williams got some duplicate yeah. Muppets. Oh, yeah, but Paul Williams' Muppets were way cooler than They were Muppets. way cooler. These Muppets, though, have, like, bone structure. Yes, they have jaws. Why? And high cheekbones. Yeah. And, like, Andy Williams is giving me, like, a little bit of Pee Wee Herman vibe with the makeup that he has on. Yes, and the stripes and for the some eyelashes. reason. Even though Pee Wee doesn't wear stripes, but the, yeah. What's with the garter? Dude, I wanted arms. to fucking ask you that. Yeah. That's a barbershop quartet thing. They wear garters on their sleeves. I have no idea what that's for. Are they like their combs and their scissors? I have here, you ready? A sleeve garter is a garter worn on the sleeve. On first. the sleeve, Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Thank you, Got Wikipedia. It. it came into wide use in the latter half of the 19th century when men's ready-made shirts came in a single extra long sleeve length. Sleeve garters oh. allowed men to customize sleeve lengths and keep their cuffs from becoming soiled while working. So I guess it's extra, like, it was necessary because you're... You have a know. nice shirt on. Yeah. You need your sleeves pulled up. The ready-to-wear yeah. sleeves are, like, probably as long as your arms. Yeah. And, like, a five-foot, you know, three-person. Yeah. would have been nice to live back then, I guess, for me. <laughs> that I could have sleeves that are an appropriate length. <laughs> I know. Look at your sleeves now. <laughs> They're never Would have been nice. <laughs> Um, backstage, some of the singing cheese cheeses ask Kermit for the opportunity to perform. Okay. Did you? Okay, I'm just. This episode is fine, right? So we're talking about other stuff. Yeah. Did you watch history? You said you haven't seen much lately, but last week, History of the World Part Two came out on Hulu. Oh my god! And it's Mel Brooks really did it though, right? Yes, it was a four night event, two episodes each night on Hulu. Megan, I. Loved this so much. Really? So Mel Brooks did this show with Wanda Sykes, Nick Kroll, and Ike Barinholtz, who were Get like the, the three like three core writers and producers of the show. It is it's just Kroll show. Right, it's no, Kroll show. It's Kroll show. <laughs> yes. There's a whole thing about like Do you think Nick Kroll just has that effect on people? It's just like he his personality just sort of like takes over everything. I don't know. I guess. I mean like it there were moments that were not Kroll show to me, like that were not fully infused with his form of humor and stuff. And those ones did not hit as well for me. There are so many fucking funny things. It's basically like Kroll show meets drunk history, right? Because it's a retelling of true historic events, but through a comedic lens. There is one bit in particular that I need you to look up as soon as you can. Okay. And did you watch Hacks on HBO? No. It was a show that starred um, Gene Smart as a stand-up comedian uh, like a Joan Rivers type yeah. trying to get back on her feet. So she hires a young uh, Gen Z comedian to come help write for her. So they, you know, whatever. But Hannah Einbinder plays the the young Gen Z um, mm-hmm. comedian in the show. Hannah Einbinder is Lorraine Newman's daughter in real life. Oh, wow. She plays Amelia Earhart in a bit on Drunk Hi- on History of the World Part 2. <laughs> that is so fucking funny. She play and it's she's in this like cafe with all these other female pilots, and it's like obviously it's a lesbian bar, but they keep saying like when I she says when I first realized that I was a pilot, I knew oh, like <laughs> so then God. Wanda Sykes comes over and she's like I didn't know you were a pilot and she's like I I I am a pilot you know like it's 
It's so fucking funny. And then they talk about how, like, when you realize you're a female pilot, you have to fly your plane into the Bermuda Triangle so you can land on this island and they all live together and everything. It's so stupid. Oh, my God. I have to watch it. It was so funny. The whole thing was really, really great. They did, like, bits of the Civil War, bits of, um, uh, about, like, Anastasia and stuff, the Romanovs. Is that? Yeah, Russian yeah. Revolution. That's sort of yeah, thing. they yeah. did a lot of really really fun stupid stupid things there's this whole like um there's a whole thing about like jesus and like um the the last supper and stuff and they do most of that through like the guise of a curb your own curb your enthusiasm kind of thing your own enthusiasm (laughs) it was it was really funny curb your judaism is of course the joke that that whole bit is and it's so fucking funny Oh, I got to see it. I heard, I just saw Mel Brooks tweet about it mm-hmm. the other day and I was like, oh shoot. Yeah. It, and it's so great. Like it made me, he I have still got it. Yes. I haven't seen the movie since I seen it in like the nineties at some point. I have not seen that movie. I don't think ever. I don't know how well that holds up, you know, but I, I think that I'd this, be nervous, but. <laughs> this pushed a lot of envelopes. It was not super safe always and stuff. And it was like kind of edgy and risky and stuff and i thought it 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 felt like a real true successor to the original you know i like it i like it because they always say they always say like oh you couldn't make that now these with a lot of these like mel brooks or like um norman lear projects and it's like well you can and people still do yeah you just are forgetting that like the racist joke that you heard and love from that was being presented as villainous you are the one who's like Archie Bunker is the mm-hmm. man. Like, no, no. Archie Bunker was always the punchline of, like, can you believe this old racist white yeah. man we have to deal with? It was never supposed to be that you were the, that he was the champion, you know? No, no, no. And is uh, is uh, Al Bundy's character based off of uh, Archie Bunker in the chair? I would say stuff? so. Yeah, right? That whole... Yeah, from memory. It, that show takes more of, like, a, um, uh, like, Married with Children always had, like, a... How do you want to say, like, um, I think I want to say that Married with Children had, like, a sexually liberated kind of vibe to it, but also, like, they kind of berated it. Like, I don't know, Kelly Bundy. Kelly Bundy, was she but also celebrated, like, or was it always, like, really, like, well, pushed, he, you know? I don't know. I can't remember. Honestly, don't really remember. I didn't watch that, that show. show. It looked. I like, wasn't allowed to watch that show. No, no, I absolutely When it was wasn't. out. Yeah. I've seen it since, but yeah. I don't remember any mm-hmm. of it. It, that show is like it just radiates like like pent up horniness. To oh me. yeah, like yeah, I'm exactly. like I don't need to. See I used that. to just sneak watch Unhappily Ever After, which yo Unhappily Ever After so much better. Be and like you're not. My parents would be like you're not allowed to watch that show. I'm like, but there's a puppet in it. Yes, Bobcat Goldthwaite is that weird rabbit in the basement. And he talks like this yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that show was great. I Unhappily Ever show. After. But that guy yeah. would go in the basement and like get drunk and uh-huh. like talk to the. <laughs> Actually, no. Uh, thank you for throwing my lack of formal education in my face. Not to mention my dim vision due to my plastic eyes and the lack of lighting in this dungeon. Anyway, uh, Muppet Labs, probably the best part of this entire episode, mm-hmm. if you ask me. Dr. Honeydew shows off an invention that can turn anything into a pet. It first converts a cat into a dog, then a dog converted into a tiger that attacks Beaker. Oh my god, when I saw the cat, I'm a big 
fan. Of I cats. loved that cat, and Me I too. also loved how the joke is that Bunsen is like, "Oh, I invented this machine because once upon a time, if you were a cat person or a dog person and you had the wrong pet, you just had to deal with it." Yeah, and that just made me laugh so hard. That, I actually like, thought of you when I have for that. Like, oh, do you wish that you could turn your dog into a cat dog? <laughs> I just run her through the machine and I'm like, there, another cat. Great. Jubilee Great. the cat. She'd make a cute cat. And then when my wife wants to take a hike with the dog, she can just run her back through yeah, the machine, exactly. turn her back into a dog, and now they can go to the park. Love it. That's so funny. I loved this cat. I was almost like, no, don't put it in the thing. It was very cute looking. It was very cute. You love a red cat. I do. <laughs> I love a ginger cat. I Look, my mom is crazy, but she's a ginger. And when, and like, what? People with red hair are like a very small percentage of the world. Mm-hmm. And you stand out as a redhead and all these things as a redhead. And yeah. it's just like having that redhead as like such a prominent figure in my yeah. life. I do. I am a fan of like... It's such a shame that it's so, like, I guess, recessive in your family that, like, your brother's kids don't have signs of being redheads. Oh, no, they do. Do they? they, He (gasps) just had twins. They both have red hair. Oh, no way. And and by the way, my brother's wife. She does, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Good, 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 good. Yeah. So his oldest, Nora, doesn't have red hair, but uh-huh. she has, like, a really nice brown hair color. Yeah. But both babies have red hair. Oh, like my God. red hair. Yeah. So uh, last night, did you watch or see anything of the Oscars that were on I last night? I saw some things of the Oscars, but I didn't watch the Oscars. How about you? So I have not seen everything everywhere all at once Oh, me yet. neither, but I need to. It's on Paramount Plus, right? It's on Paramount Plus if you have Showtime. I got a oh. Showtime password from our mutual friend that I will gladly share with you after Thanks. this recording. Because it's on there. Is she in California? So, uh, her. <laughs> so <laughs> David Byrne, I don't know if you know this, has a, helped write an original song in that movie with Mitski. And I'm like, <gasps> how did I... Megan. With Mitski? Megan. I'm like, how the fuck did I not know that David Byrne wrote a song with Mitski for the end of this movie? I am like a big time stan of Mitski. I'm watching this movie and I literally said... Well, not this movie. I, David Byrne then performed this the song from the movie, not with Mitski, unfortunately, but with Stephanie Hugh. Stephanie Hsu, I can't, I'm mangling up her name just from memory, but with the, one of the actresses from the movie, she performed the song with him. Um, so they performed it together, and there's something to do with having hot dogs for fingers in the movie at some point, and David goes like this, and he reveals that he has on the hot dog fingers in the middle of the performance. It was so goddamn funny. I turned, and I said to my wife, I would join his cult. Yeah. I, don't I would him. very gladly join David Byrne's cult. I just started, like, I think over, like, this couple of years, I, like, anytime I see something David Byrne, I just buy it for you. I can't. Not <laughs> Yeah, you got me his uh, his one book, American his American Utopia book. I'm like, I can't. I love. I just got you for your yes, birthday. Yes, you got me an album yeah. for my birthday. I can't. I don't know. I just. He's so cool. He's he such is. a fucking alien. I love people who, like, this is why I love Bjork. This is why I love David Byrne. Mm-hmm. Other folks like this that I'm not naming off the top of my head, but they're just, they're not even thinking the same way that most people are. No. Like, they stand outside of society. They mm-hmm. stand outside of just our normal, everyday, mundane yeah. way of thinking, and they're able to just sort of transcend it. Mm-hmm. And I know that he has, like, dickhead creative tendencies. And for some reason, I'm like, eh, well, he's David Byrne. I don't yeah. know. You got to. Hey, I mean. <laughs> Comes I, with it. Sorry. It, it's, it's, I don't know why I forgive he's him. He's very analytical. Uh-huh. He's extremely analytical. Yeah. I mean, he wrote that book on music theory. Mm-hmm. And I only got through the beginning of it. And I was like, this is way too dense for me. Yeah. And I read like 
a tome about Maimonides. Uh-huh. And that, like, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't read that. And maybe because I don't know enough about music theory and I'm more into philosophy, but, like, I couldn't, I just, I couldn't even get through, like, the second chapter. I'm like, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. It's too much. But, well, he's a dick. So he's I'm, a dick. I'm hoping to report back with my review of Everything Everywhere All at Once for you. But uh, it won, like, everything. I saw that it won, it won everything. like everything, and I I need to watch it. I didn't even really know what it was about, and I certainly didn't know that it's it's not a musical, is it? Or there's just no no. Th- this is just a song that plays over the credits, okay. like any you know. That's like a way they shoehorn some some of these songs into these movies, like that. You know. Oh yeah. But uh. But even like Katie Seagal sang like every song on like uh, the motorcycle show. Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. The motorcycle show. Yeah, it's I was a, like, take my wife, take my hands, blah, 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 put her feet in the sand. That's okay, because I'm all right. I'm eating Kentucky Fried Chicken tonight. This is Megan's version of the theme songs of both Sons of Anarchy and Firefly. Mixed together. Mixed together into an advertisement of Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> but yeah, the movie, I, I'm not 100% sure what the movie is about. I know that it deals with loss and an exploration of multiverses. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I'm like, I said to... Because you know you're going to cry. I, so you have to like... That's always to watch something that I know I'm going to cry. I'm uh-huh. like, I want to watch it, but I don't want to watch it. I want to watch it, but I don't yes. want to watch it. I need time to sob and then recover from yeah. my sobbing. I'm also fully worried that I will watch this movie and then it will become my identity. Oh, really? You know what I mean? Like, I'm st- <laughs> Where I'm just going to be like, I love this movie. Let's talk about this movie. I'm going to dissect this movie. I'm going to watch, watch the thing. Like, I feel like it's going to just become me. Well, and when you watch really it, you have to let me know so that I can watch it. So then that's when that does become your identity, I can yeah. relate to you. Yeah, there you go. But like, if it's anything like Big Fish, mm-hmm. I am, if when I watch Big Fish, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to throw up from crying so much. Yeah. And I just can't do that to myself. Like last time I watched Big Fish, I was like, oh, I needed that release. And then I was like, okay, this is the last time I'm going to watch this movie. I watched the season five finale of Buffy the other day. <sighs> And cried at all the same spots that make me cry every time. Do you remember that episode well enough for me to point out just one little Go silly ahead. thing? So, okay, they're gonna they're gonna put Dawn is at the top of the tower, Buffy's sister Dawn, and mm-hmm. they they're they're gonna have to kill her, right? Mm-hmm. But in order to do that, Glory, the way she wants everything to go for her ceremony, she hands Dawn a dress and she tells Dawn to change into the dress. She gives Dawn this new outfit. Dawn puts it on and she comes back to where she is. Dawn is basically setting herself up for her death, right? Yeah. She folds her clothes and puts them on this chair, and then she tucks her sneakers together and tucks them under the chair. And that moment makes me feel so sad. I think it's one of the one of the most like rawest moments in this entire series that this girl is still she's still just a young girl who's trying to make sure that things are in their right place. Yeah. She has no hope that her sister's going to be able to save her life. But with her like some of her final moments before she gets tied up on a thing and yeah. she's going to be bled to death. She, like, delicately folds her clothing and puts it on this chair. Yeah. I'm like, it's just this sweet little weird moment that, like, fucks me up every time I see it. I don't know why. Yeah. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. Oh, what are you doing? I have to jump in the energy. It'll kill you. I know. All right. Well, next week... Um, we have an Alan Arkin Alan episode. Arkin, who I'm very excited about because I do actually know Alan Arkin, mm-hmm. and um, he's in quite a few things. 
um, I guess Little Miss Sunshine. He's, That's always the first one yeah. that pops out to me. Yeah. I just when I think about him, I think about Little Miss uh-huh. Sunshine. And what a like that's a, a movie about fucking death, isn't he sick? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's a good movie, Little Miss. It's Sunshine. a great movie. I know it's like a really family coming together sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you know of him in? I think his IMDb said he's in Edward Scissorhands, but I don't remember him in Edward Scissorhands. I don't. Rem- I, you know, I don't know why I'm just like Little Miss Sunshine. Like that's my first yeah. thing, well, and like- it's like. That's a weird-ass movie from, like, 15 years ago now at this point, too, you know? Oh, my God. I know. I remember when that first came out. Yeah, that was, 2006. It's insane. That was one of those, like, first indie movies that I remember, like, loving and feeling like, I found this weird thing, you know? 2006 was a bad year for me. Um... So, what other movies came out in 2006? I guess I'll look this up for next week. Alan Arkin, yeah, he was in Edward Scissorhands, but I'm like, I don't know who Bill from Edward Scissorhands is. Yeah, I don't know who that is either. I know the the woman, the mom. <laughs> Winona Ryder? No, no, no. Diane Weist. Diane Weist. First okay. of all, I love Diane Weist. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate she is in so many Woody Allen movies, but Megan. Diane Weiss is a great actress. Alan Arkin plays Juliet from Lost's dad in the Santa Claus movie, the third one. I know I watch. I'm like Are I know I watched some- this. Did you watch that movie already? Do the I Santa Claus three. It? Yeah. Do I oh, need it sucks shit. It sucks shit. Martin Short's in it though. Yeah. Maybe Martin, watch it. Yeah, maybe watch it. Martin Short. <laughs> we hate that franchise, but maybe just give it a look. I know. And I was thinking the other day, it. I think too much about Tim Allen, but I'm like, he is so, he's still popular. And even though he's not as popular as he was, he still gets work. And then he used to be so, so, so popular. And I just think about him and I'm just like, I still don't understand why. I don't know. 100 episodes and we're still letting him get our goat. I, I just don't get it. So I think on this podcast, right, as a goal, we want to talk to Dave Goals. Yeah, I was going to say, as our goal, like our Dave Goals. Our Dave Goals. We want to talk to Dave Goals. We want to talk to Frank Oz. And we probably should talk to Tim Allen. Tim Allen would hate to talk to us. <laughs> Tim Allen would be like, I think, a dick to us if we talked to him. And what would what if we, we say did, to him? We just asked like, him about Kirstie Alley. What your popularity is? I'd be like, you know what, Tim Allen? You're the first person I ever heard pronounce the word roof rough. <laughs> he I called us the like, rough. what the fuck is that accent? <laughs> What's the premise of the Alan Arkin episode, Meg? Um. Alan accidentally drinks Bunsen Honeydew's Jekyll and Hyde potion. This already sounds great. Love it. And turns into a ramping monster. He runs amok as the ultra cute Bun Bun Brothers sing Zippity Doo Da Day Uh when Kermit (laughs) catches Alan in a net. He turns him back into himself. Soon Kermit takes a sip of the potion himself. Oh, I bet you him and Piggy have a fun night. Yeah. Good for Piggy. I hope Piggy has that leather pig suit up. <laughs> I see that the last song is called Pig Shuffle here, too. But uh, it aired in the UK on March 7th, 1980, and it aired in NYC on <laughs> March 20th, 1980. I'm really excited for this Alan Arkin episode. That sounds like a lot of fun. I love when an episode has a premise, and it's not just like... A magician, yeah. or I don't or know. Or we're going to make this guy sing the songs that we like that he sings. I wonder if, like... Because people used to go outside more in the 70s, if, like, mm. May was, like, less of a rating, so they put this clunker in Yeah, May. like, just kind of padded away. Because I remember as a kid being, like, missing shows because you were outside, like, literally. Yeah. 
And there's no DVR. Yeah. You have to wait till it's on syndication. Catch it again. Yeah. Oh, I Damn. guess I'll see it next time. A rerun. Looking through the TV guide to find out what, what episodes are playing when and stuff. Yeah. And I have no concept or I have no idea about what reruns were like in the sev- in the 80s. In oh, 1980. God. Yeah. You know when, what I mean? When, like, Lucille Ball invented them. Before all the, cha- yeah, before all the <laughs> channels came out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know life without Nickelodeon. I don't feel like I can remember the way that we did things in the 90s. With and the early aughts with TV, I can. like like channel that, three. you know, like yeah, we watched Channel Three, the preview channel. <laughs> I watched that preview and channel watch all it scroll. the time, and be like, okay, Our Real Monsters is on Channel Thirty Six, mm-hmm. and then it was Forty Two, mm-hmm. was Nickelodeon, yeah, and then Fifty Two, Fifty Three, Fifty Two, Fifty Two was MTV, Fifty was Comedy Central, Fifty was Comedy Central, mm-hmm. Fifty One was VH One, mm-hmm. yeah, something like that, yeah. And then Fuse came in at like 54 or something like that. Because I think BET dances no, around after MTV. BET is 54. It's 54. 50, 52 is VH1. I don't know what 51 is. I think I screwed up. Oh, 51 might be E. 51, I think it's E. Right? Yeah. E. Yeah. It's e. Uh huh. Then MTV. Then BET. This is all. Then this is the Fuse, channels. <laughs> but when Fuse first came out, it was MMUSA. Much Music USA. And it ruled so much better when it was Much Music before it it became Fuse. It it did I don't know why it was different and better, but it was. I think so. But anyway, I hope you all join us next time. Um, Message us. Follow us on ITTM. Should I help you? Yeah. You can follow us on social media at ITTWTM. There you go. I know I messed it up. It's like when you mess up a phone number and you're like, wait, what's the phone number again? (laughs) C-O-L-L-E-C-T. 101030 or 220 or whatever. Uh, 10321 has changed to 101321, but you still get the same great savings. Um, Do you remember what's his name used to do the ads for that? John Lithgow? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I just remember the carrot top ones for like a cult. C-O-L-L-E-C-T. But you could. That's because the more collect calls you make with 1-800-C-A-L-L-A-T-T. Can you imagine Carrot Top calling you collect from Las Vegas? No. And he's like, you can hear that he's he's jacked for some reason. He's so jacked and he has like such plastic surgery face. It's... Yes, it's, it's disturbing. It is. And it he's is. one of those people that has little black dots for eyes. Yeah, he doesn't have actual eyes. But he just you know has what? Black dots on Vegas is the perfect place for him uh-huh. to be, so I'm glad he's there. <laughs> but yes, join us next time where we watch the Alan Arkin episode of It's Time to Watch the Muppets. And Doug? Thanks for the gumball, Carrot Top. <laughs> I'm going to see my lawyer. Why? Going to find out if you can sue a show for breach of taste. <laughs> <laughs>